Let's declare with hope like Mary does in verse 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary's response to the angel Gabriel is one full of hope and belief. She took God at his word. She believed. She is a humble servant of God, trusting his power and his goodness. She believed in God and followed him with trusting obedience. Mary is an example to us of a person who had faith and hope in a God who does the impossible. In this week's sermon, John preached on Luke 1, 26-38, in which the angel Gabriel is sent by God to speak with Mary about her forthcoming miraculous birth, the birth of the Savior Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to discuss this story along with other topics. Stay tuned from Glen Allen Bible Church. I'm Matt Maroon. I'm John Vanderbilt. I'm Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady. And this is episode number 183 of The Next Level. Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal afternoon. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's so close. Yeah, it's like go time for you guys. And it's like 42 out right now. It's awesome. <laughs> it's supposed to be 49 on Wednesday, yes. I think. And then like 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Then the bottom. I remember out. though, you, John, you like snow though, don't you? You're like I know, a snow I know, like, person. Yeah. On Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if we, if we're gonna live in the Midwest, right? And it's gonna be cold. I would rather have it be mm-hmm. snowy. Then Absolutely. you can at least enjoy it. You know. Right. I mean, I don't love the clearing the driveway necessarily. It's not terrible, but. Getting your kids outside and playing. I was in the just snow. gonna say, don't you have five kids yeah, to clear like, the driveway? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. But yeah, looks like we're gonna have a. Brown Christmas, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, Faded. It's gross. See, it, it has been every week of Advent. Kelly has blessed us with brown this singing. Christmas. <laughs> I have a I brown know. Christmas every Christmas. All right. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know when we're gonna get snow. It's not in the forecast. Right? Weird. Yeah. For a while. I'm good with just a pleasant little dusting once a year, and I'm good. Mm. <laughs> see, he's yeah. from more the south. I. Yeah. It snowed in Kansas, but you know. <laughs> Like I like I say, like in October you're still golfing, in November you're still confidently mm-hmm. golfing, and you know by March first you're out of it, you're in the clear. Yep. Yeah, that's I like that. That is kind of nice. So, so anyway, enough about the weather. That's How about, right. Uh, yeah, the service. Who feels like? <laughs> Never mind. I know. Well, I just actually want to talk <laughs> okay. about the mood in the room right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Christmas in here. <laughs> so for anyone coming to the Christmas services, you're in for a treat. There's a nice. Little Joseph set Joe's that Joseph himself made. Joe, Joe. It's really impressive. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Jose, nice Spanish, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way to go. That's right. I spoke yeah. some Spanish yesterday. That was fun. That was fun. Uh-huh. So we did it. We had, uh, if you weren't at the service, we had, uh, we've been talking about it for a few weeks. We had a Spanish mm-hmm. guitar duo accompany us. And actually, they were the only instruments mm-hmm. on stage. I want to say that's the, the first time I've ever done that where... We didn't have contributions from myself instrumentally or someone else in the worship ministry. It was all mm-hmm. these two, um, you know, professional yeah. uh, classical slash Spanish guitar mm-hmm. players. And um, and they weren't used to doing this kind of stuff. They're used to looking at their score and just performing out of a score. They mm-hmm. play the notes that are written. And so they did some of that, but then we also had to work with yep. you know, Beth saying yesterday too. And so... We were kind of working with them in real time, like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to do this bridge a few times. Just, you know. It might be different every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. There's a couple of times where, like, 
either you sang a lyric or like a line again or like mm -hmm. you stopped and, and we're like praying and maybe it went a little longer. It totally did. It was, funny, yeah. to, it it totally was did. funny to watch them because they'd be like playing and then all of a sudden they'd look up and like look at you <laughs> oh, like, no. what are you doing, man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we're so used to. Right. Yeah. This isn't um, in the music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we did go tell with, them we, we could did. go into prayer. We, we could go into uh -huh. speaking in tongues. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're pretty used to just going with the flow. Every service is a little different. So when when Julie, the guitarist, yesterday, she said, "Wow, it was a little different every service." Yeah. And I hadn't necessarily. I I guess I knew that, but I it didn't. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't yeah. resonate. Strike with me. Yeah. 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 So. But yeah, I felt they like fun. they were received really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they had fun. I, I feel like you could see it on their faces. They were enjoying what we were all doing. Yeah, it was cool. Participating mm -hmm. in and. Great. Um, it was just nice to have a different flavor, a different texture mm -hmm. of worship. I yeah, loved it. for sure. And Beth did. We, um, in the middle of one of the songs, we read from Isaiah 9, and I read it in English, and then Beth um, recited it in Spanish. Mm -hmm. so did you guys was... do that on the video, too? No. No, you no. didn't. No, okay, that, that was, was just, just alive. A, yeah, you know, um, some of these Christmas carols, I mean, they're just like verses, you know? Yeah, they're short, And too, so right? with these, these arrangements, they were like two minutes long, two and a half mm -hmm. minutes. And usually our songs are anywhere from four to five or six minutes long. So we were just talking about what would be interesting here. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of what we came up with. Yeah, cool. Yeah, thought yeah. it was a fun little different... And I thought Beth was... I thought, like, she was up on her Spanish game. I just thought you spoke Spanish. Yeah. But you did used to speak Spanish. You lived in Mexico. I did. And you spoke it for your... For my job every day. For yeah. Your so, I job. mean, I'm a little out of practice, right. but yeah, I have a degree in Spanish, lived yeah. in Mexico, and spoke it every day for a while, yeah. but yeah. it's been a few years. Yeah. So, yeah. Good was, job, though. Yeah. And um, the Advent video? Yeah, mm -hmm. the Gowers. Yeah. Jake, great. That little boy was oh so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's JJ. Yes, he <laughs> everybody, did. Needs, everybody needs a JJ in their family, yeah, right? Oh, <laughs> man. Cute kid. That was great. Fun. Yeah, yeah and you've got. Uh, yeah. Christmas Eve service, Christmas Eve Eve, and Christmas Eve. Yes, 23rd and 24th. Mm -hmm. Five total services. What's the registration? I think we only have a handful of seats left available. Okay. So. Do you know which service has? Yeah, the last, available? the last one of the, of uh. Seven o'clock on the yeah, 24th. Yeah, seven o'clock on the 24th mm -hmm. has space available. So. And you guys figured out something for the candles, for Silent Night. I'm figuring it out. Still working on it. <laughs> Still figuring. <laughs> there'll be some. There'll be something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And Joseph's ready. We're all going to be blown ready. away and like in tears at the performance <laughs> of Joseph. No this one's going to care about performance. No one's going to care about candles. <laughs> it's just going to be like, Whoa. I'm so moved. <laughs> like, like I said, Kelly Kelly Day Lewis. Kelly Day Lewis. <laughs> Are you ready, Kelly? How are you feeling about yeah, it? Yeah, you know, it won't be perfect. It's oh, awesome. It never it's is. My, it's but I'm be ready great. and I'm excited to do it. Give awesome. it a shot. Do something different. So fun. Yeah. Did you work with an acting coach? You mentioned that weeks ago. We never got together. Okay, yeah, so this is all authentic a, Kelly. Email. He didn't get back to me, so this is all Kelly. <laughs> this is all Kelly. We did, no. a, we did a run through mm -hmm. Friday night. Uh, and he got to, you know, be up here because mm -hmm. it's obviously, you know, as, as a performer, it's just different from wherever you're right. practicing onto the yeah. platform. And with theatrical productions, it's like you, you have that spotlight right mm -hmm. in your grill. It's right in your face. It's making yeah. you sweat. It feels a little weird. Yeah. I, you mentioned feeling a little bit off balance. And that's exactly oh, what it does because uh -huh. it's a little disorienting. Mm -hmm. It's disorienting because you, um, you can't see beyond the light 
um, we're talking a foot. Mm-hmm. And so you're, the, the 3D perception needed for balance, I, I found myself swaying a little bit. Uh, Something to get used to. Well, are you also Joseph not wearing your glasses? Like, what did you say? Did I'm you, not going to wear my glasses. So that that's something, too. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It'll be fun. Yeah. Something new. Mm-hmm. E, you know, they'll either laugh with me or laugh at me. Both are fine. Both are so. fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you did say, I mentioned it a little bit, you said you did make the set yourself. I right? did. Which yeah. is really cool. It Some, looks awesome. Well, I made the, the Joseph's workbench. And then I went to a local antique shop and bought a bunch of primitive tools to set the, mm-hmm. the stage. So super fun. There's gonna be someone in the crowd like, that's that's not first century. No. <laughs> I, yeah, more like fifteenth, bro. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, but speaking of uh, someone's mentioned crying and tears, uh, man, the testimony video before oh, we move yeah. into questions. Oh here. yeah, it's the testimony awesome. video that you had in the middle of your sermon yeah. was mm-hmm. really yeah, powerful. That's, Zinnia, that was that's really her. She's kind kind of shared her story in a few places before in smaller groups, but that was her first time really doing it in that um, mm-hmm. that setting. So wow, she did great. I thought oh she yeah, fun. She did yeah. great. great story. I actually wondered because when I got home yesterday, my family was watching the online service. Oh yeah, and um, so it actually seemed like the video was at a different spot in the online service, like earlier, maybe not. No, same. It was spot. the same, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then you did like a little wrap up after. Did you film that after she did hers, or did you film it? Was the sequence of filming? Uh, I had I did everything first, and mm. then she did the testimony. Later. And they dropped it in, and then when they dropped right. it in, which would make sense because I watched it and I was like, "How's that uncle not crying?" <laughs> yeah, right. It's after funny. That. I, I cried like a baby in the first service, but then I didn't in the, in the other two. Yeah. Uh-huh. You should have manufactured those two. I could have. <laughs> I had no idea the the gravity of it, and I came mm-hmm. up Saturday night just to, you know, put it in the pro presenter and check it, making sure it was okay. I was up here by myself, and <laughs> oh my gosh, I was just. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know. It was like I was walking out of here prepared. like, what am I mad about? <laughs> Seriously, mm-hmm. what am I upset about yeah. in my life? Mm-hmm. Like, really? That's those are the things I'm going to be upset about. Right. Yeah. And not that we it's all don't have our issues and our real problems and not that they're not real, but it, mm-hmm. at the very least, it helps to put some perspective in your life. Yeah. yeah imagine mm-hmm. being found as an eight, eight month old yeah. on yeah. a bench mm-hmm. in a very populated city. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. But that kind of leads perfectly into the first question, right? It there does. There are a couple questions about Zinnia's testimony and yeah. those who uh, don't experience the miracle, or you could say, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Let's read this question. I know that some people don't get the miracle they want in this life. I am assuming that the other sister is still suffering with uh, thalassemia. Thalassemia. Yeah. What does God have to say to those who continue to struggle? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I actually had quite a few people ask about. Uh, mm-hmm. Zinni said she had a sister. What's going on with her sister? So the clinical trial that Zinni was a part of was a limited. You had to apply and have um, certain measures mm-hmm. in your in your health in order to qualify. So you could hear Zinni say it on the video. There's only 11 people worldwide. That's crazy. So somebody was like in the Philippines and mm-hmm. somebody in um, a couple other. Um, it's more pre- uh, prevalent in Asian, uh, the Asian population, thalassemia oh. is. Oh. Mm-hmm. So um, most of the folks were from that part of the world. But so... Um, I am, I'm not exactly sure 
how the trial has unfolded in these last few years, but they are, um, it's really, really narrow and really, really limited. And they, so they'll put some folks through it and then they do a whole bunch of research on it. How did it go? And then they make changes for the future. So I think Lainey is, uh, Zinnia's sister, Lainey, my other niece, um, she's still, she's not in the trial and is still, they're still kind of waiting. So somebody said, well, what do we pray for, for her? You know, like, and I was like, well, you know, um, pray, uh, pray, continue to pray for her health. She still gets blood transfusions every three weeks, which is really hard on your, on your body, on your organs. So that's, um, that's a, a prayer for her. But then, um, also that the clinical trial may reveal some sort of treatment option that's available to a broader mm-hmm. group of people. I mean, that's the point of the clinical trials is to come up with a, a plan that actually uh, eradicates or can cure thalassemia broadly, which that could take 20, 30, 40 years. We sure. don't know. But um, in, in the short run, there may be something available to her. So anyway, what does God have to say to those who continue to struggle I think is the is the question we're we're um, we're wrestling with, and we all are struggling to some degree. Matt kind of pointed that out. I mean, some are struggling more than others, for sure. Um, some are suffering more than others, um, but everybody suffers to a degree. And the message of Scripture is basically: uh, your present sufferings aren't worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. That's Paul's words in Romans chapter eight. In other words, it's hard to take the vantage point that our days here are uh, relatively few compared to eternity. And so, but Paul takes that posture and, and believers should take that posture that the suffering we experience here will be far superseded by the glory that we experience through faith in Christ in the next world and the length of days in the next world, um, just to drop in a bucket here. Mm-hmm. So that should bring us some comfort. That's the first thing is there are better days ahead. There the, and infinite number of better days ahead for those who have faith in Christ. And then the second is while we wait, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Again, this, these were God's words to Paul as God allowed Paul to continue to suffer. That's 2 Corinthians 12. So I, I find comfort, you know, misery loves comfort. So I find mm-hmm. comfort in the fact that Paul was allowed to suffer, even though he had experienced tremendous power through the Holy Spirit healing others. Mm-hmm. And so we all suffer yeah. to some degree. And it's also not um, just pandering to somebody to say that in these same verses, Paul also talks about that your suffering is not going to be wasted. Yeah. Your suffering is actually going to be worked out for good mm-hmm. for you. And so that's a comfort too, because for me, it's hard to think about sometimes, man, I'm just going to suffer right now because what's coming when I die is going to just, it's not even going to, it just pales in comparison. And, you know, it's hard for me to, sometimes that's not comforting for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's more comforting for me to, to think that the suffering I'm doing now is actually for good, even though it's, that might be really difficult to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a, a temptation, which I, I think is, is a, it's a real temptation, but I, I think it's sinful is that when somebody presents something of a miracle that's been done in their life or a, a, a good thing that's happened, the temptation can be, 
well, why didn't I get that? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that actually can take us down a a um, kind of a sinful path in our thoughts about God and and sort of like, a, well, how, you know, he's this mean and awful God and he's only nice to some and he's playing favorites. And, you know, that's not who God is. We should uh, push against that temptation and and should go into the the place of praising God for what he's done in the lives of a brother and sister in Christ or, or in the world and let that stir in us more hope and mm. belief and faith, um, which can be difficult. I get it. I mean, these are some of us in this world are really suffering and it can be tempting to look at others who've been healed and say, well, gee, God, thanks. Right. Um, but man, I'd really challenge and encourage people to not, to not go into that place. Cause that's a, that's a deep, dark place that, mm-hmm. uh, can really do damage to your heart and soul. Yeah. And so, um, it's, it's, let's celebrate when we see God's good. Let's, let's use it as hopefulness. Let's use it as a inspiration, uh, about who God is. I mean, there's not, there was nothing in Zinni, in Zinni's 15, there's nothing in her story of, well, you know, I gave up this and I was healed or, you know, I, I stopped sinning in this way and then I was mm-hmm. healed or I did. There was not, nothing. Her completely story was God's grace. God mm-hmm. rescued me. God did this from an eight month old to a five year old to 11 year old. I mean, mm-hmm. God praising God for what he is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually really loved how uh, Zinnia Often it was, it was medicine, you know, science, but it was God. She never said I was healed through medicine. I mean, she was, but but it was a miracle. You know, she said, said many times, God healed me. And, you know, to your point, we can either from the outside looking in, you can say, well, how come she healed the one and not Lainey, you know? Um, but what God did for Zinnia can give hope to Lainey because they're continuing to develop that science that may eventually mm-hmm. end up healing yeah. her. So instead of having this resentment of why did this happen for one and not for the other, I like that you're reminding us that it can be a hope for what God can do yeah. in our lives. Yeah. That's good. You know, the other temptation for people suffering sometimes is not just to look at someone else suffering who gets healed, but just to look at other Christians who they don't seem to be suffering at all. Sometimes mm. that's tough. Sometimes you can kind of get into a, oh, it must be nice. must be nice. It's yeah. all like, smoke and mirrors, right? We all have our stuff. I know. In the, number one, <laughs> that's a pretty presumptuous to right. assume right. that that person's not suffering. But yeah. to be fair, there are we Christians do. who, compared to other Christians, have lived a mm-hmm. pretty padded life. Mm-hmm. You know, not a ton mm-hmm. of suffering. And like all of us here compared to yes, <laughs> right? many right. people in the right, developing right, world. Right. That's an overstatement, but... But yeah, just a, a temptation where you want to start to go down that road, like, gosh, it'd be so nice to be like that, or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, another question on uh, miracles, and this is kind of part of the, the first question, but why does God do miracles for some and not others? At best, it seems weird, and at worst, unfair. Mm. Has Lainey voiced that at no, all that you know of? No, not, not, not really at all. That's him. It's impressive. Yeah, I think there's a, she has some hopefulness, but you know, th- her there as much as they're similar, there there's differences between the sure. the mm-hmm. two of them, um, 
physically as well. Mm -hmm. So not every person is a great candidate all the right. time. So, yeah. right. and, and I mean, it sounds like she went through. It's not just oh. like, hey, and I'm healed. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. to, oh, to yeah. be have a front row seat at the suffering she went through. I wouldn't. I right. wouldn't be surprised if someone thought I, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. that's a scary a, road to yeah. commit to. I mean, the 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 whole testimony is a lot longer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we thought she was going to die. She, right. Like it was messages out to the family. Mm. We need a, a miracle. When she got that liver disease, there's no there's no treatment cure mm. immediate for that. In the situ in the condition her body was in, the things that you would normally do she, couldn't be done because it would kill her. So this it was really touch and go there for a while. Um, my brother and my brother in law and my sister, I mean, they were living at Lurie's Children's Hospital. My sure. mom came down to care for the kids and uh, all the, she's, you know, she's, Zinni's one of eight. So the seven other kids had lives and care, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it was a team effort and the prayer and the food and the care and, you know, everything that went into it. But I mean, there were situations, there were times throughout the whole thing where we weren't sure if she was going to make it. And that's a part of this, what you sign up for. Mm. Um, and well, they have to take you to the edge of death. Yeah, it's the worst. And, and for it to be successful, you, you can't go partway. You're right. wow. <laughs> you have to wow. go all the way. So the, like, the room that she was in is a zero pressure mm -hmm. room. Like, so no air passes in between. And I went down and prayed with her and over her, um, towards the, the end of the, the trial when she was in some pretty rough shape. And I mean, it was the screening to get into there and everything is real. I mean, it's a serious, serious deal. People are really fragile. But. Just a great reminder that sometimes healing takes a long time. Mm -hmm. Some of the, a lot of the healings in the Bible are almost instantaneous, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. This was a difficult long, hard, right. sometimes very ugly journey. And yet yeah. God is still getting the glory for the miracle. Totally. And and that's the thing is like you said, Beth, you know, God used medicine to heal her. If you unpack, and I don't know enough about it, but if you were to unpack the the science that mm -hmm. has that went into the healing, there's there's I mean, it's miraculous that doctors are able to discover all yeah. the different things that they were able to discover along the way. Mm -hmm. And they plan, f it took a year and a half from the start to the actual start of the, of the healing process mm -hmm. because there's all this medical work that gets done in, in the stem cells they draw and the, and preparing Zinnia's body and like all this, I mean, it's, it's incredible. You, I mean, that God would, would, you know, give people the the brain power to figure these things out and to i mean there's just his fingerprints are all over it wow which and is really beautiful when you think about how the breadth of that yeah. miracle you know there was there was pain emotionally yeah. and physically there was probably a lot of fear in your family and your oh, sister yeah, totally. yeah there was a ton of prayer and then the people who have been blessed by seeing that miracle happen mm -hmm. you know so there's this god had purposes for multiple people probably oh, that god. he was yeah. working in all imagine? these different people's lives throughout yeah. the process of healing that one what's powerful just while we're talking about this so there was a woman on the floor of that unit at lurie's there's this really small super isolated secure area 
who was um, like a cleaning person, like a, a cleaning lady mm. um, that would that you know goes and goes room to room and cleans and, and they have a very limited crew and they you know but she was actually from Ghana where yeah, yeah. Caleb and Izzy are from uh-huh. and she would stop at their room and pray wow. every single day as she went around their room and my mm-hmm. my sister actually kind of formed a relationship with this woman um and it was just just little things like that over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again you just you just see God's yeah. hand fingerprints all mm-hmm. over the whole entire process in a community in a community that is largely what would be called scientific yeah. and not religious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like of, that, of course there's the, doctors the who are Christians totally. and there's nurses yeah. who are Christians, but by and large, you know, the majority of that community mm-hmm. is, they're not like, Hey, let's pray for this. Hey, let's, right. you know, mm-hmm. right. so for them to see that lived out, it had mm-hmm. to have just been powerful. It was. Wow. Yeah. All right, so at best it seems weird and at worst seems unfair. Why do some get miracles? Why does God do miracles for some and, and not for others? We talked about this a little bit, but... I, I thought it'd be important to acknowledge I can certainly understand the emotion. Mm-hmm. I do think it appears to us to be weird and or unfair. It can seem very arbitrary, and I I want to just remind us of Job and... Hmm. How Job was the Old Testament character. If you're newer uh, to um, reading scripture, it's an Old Testament character who uh, lost his family and then lost his health. And he complained to God about his suffering. And God answers him in the end and says, Where were you when I hung the stars? The point is, and God's response is that there are experiences in this world that don't add up to us. We don't have the brain power, just as we revel in the fact that science was given uh, the ability by God to heal Zinnia, we have to admit there's an immense amount of stuff we don't know. And, and the mind of God is certainly beyond us. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We read in the Old Testament, his ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, I get that it feels weird. It feels unfair. That's because we don't have all the data. We don't have all the data. Um, only God does. And so we need to be at peace with that. That we're Basically, we need to be at peace with the fact we're not God. And then telling is Job's response to God. He says, surely I spoke of things I do not understand. He, he was humbled by God's uh, comment to him. And he admitted, yeah, you're right. I don't have all the data. And um, he came to a place of greater trust in the sovereignty of God. And sounds like that the Jones family works really hard at that, holding, holding on to trust when we don't know why mm-hmm. Zinnia qualifies and Laney has not yet qualified, that type of thing. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I should also say that the miracles that God does in the Bible, so the question is, why? Why does he do this miracle? but not do that. Why does God do some and not other miracles? The miracles that God does do in the scripture often serve a particular, a range of purposes, but we can, we can identify some of the reasons why God does a miracle or by identifying the outcomes or or what's produced. So for example, his glory, Jesus talked about the glory of God in the healing of people. Um, We also see that one outcome is people are cared for. They're cared for physically and emotionally and spiritually as they receive healing. God longs for us to be healed. 
he, it wasn't his desire that we live in this fallen state of suffering. Heaven will be a place without suffering and tears. So that's the end goal. And so anytime someone's healed, uh, God gets the glory. People are comforted and cared for. And then there's also this demonstration of God's sovereignty, his power in the world as an outcome of, of, of the miraculous. We see more clearly that God is in charge, that he is all-powerful. Job, in the end of his story, gets his family restored, his wealth restored, his body restored. We see clearly there the power of God. And then finally, we see in miracles uh, an advancing of God's redemptive purposes. We see him working out his, his kingdom coming. Um, in fact, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, what we're actually praying for is an end to suffering, um, the healing, the full restor- restorative work that God longs to do. And you can actually see all of those points laid out in Zinnia's testimony. Yeah. Which is she, cool. God's certainly getting the glory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. All of those things, you can point to pieces of that story. Yeah. So. All right. So the, the truth of the matter, though, is all of those are, are achieved when, when people aren't healed, when they're allowed to continue to suffer. Mm-hmm. And we have people mm-hmm. in our congregation mm-hmm. who suffer chronically at a level unique, that's unique among humanity, chronic illness, and they continue to give God glory in their suffering. Yeah. So he's getting glory. Uh, they experience God's care, his grace being sufficient for them despite their suffering. Uh, we see a demonstration of God's power in their lives as they endure and they persevere as people of faith despite their suffering. We see the advance of God's purposes, his redemption in their lives. We hear about it in their testimony. I mean, Lainey has a testimony too. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Even though her story of healing isn't yet uh, full. It, yeah, isn't the yeah. same, right? Yeah. We talked to our boys a lot about the importance of suffering well. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, God's going to do what he, he's going to do. If he's going after someone, he's going to get them, right? Um, but I think, or and, when we, when we do suffer well, uh, I feel like it, it, removes, it, just, it removes one more roadblock that someone might have into seeing God's work in your life. Yeah. You know, it makes the lens a little less foggy when you suffer well. I think if you're not suffering well and you're bitter or mm-hmm. um, if you, you know, are kind of playing the victim card or if, mm-hmm. if you've just chosen it as your identity and succumb mm-hmm. to it. And in, in a sense, like, I feel like that kind of can, yeah, it can make people walk away from meeting you and from being around you, make it easier for them just to kind of write you off, mm-hmm. easy for them to not see how faith is working in your life. And yeah, it's a tough conversation though, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when there's pain involved, like physical pain for the suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to the next question. And this question is about, uh, angels, lots of angels in the Christmas story. I don't think I have ever thought about that that much. Do you think that there are still angels carrying messages from God to people? You hear about all those, like the, the Hollywood movies I, that show angels coming in human form to just. I do. I do think that angels are still real active in, in the world. I don't think that we should look at Gabriel's work in the most significant mm-hmm. time in human history of all, like 
this is the one and only situation that this ever happens. Yeah. The Son of God mm-hmm. being born. Yeah. So it, it is the the birth and the cross. To say it's unique. It, is- it's not <laughs> unique. It's it's only it's 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 like one it's, of a kind. it's one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of that. So to say, well, Gabriel went and spoke to the to the birth mother of the Son of God. He should come and speak to me. No, no, no that's not. That's not fair. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. I mean, this is a a a very unique, supernatural, human history altering, universe, cosmos changing event, and clearly angels are, are carrying messages in in a very unique, yeah. powerful, special time. So to say that that's the only time they would ever do that, I think, is is also wrong. But to say that they do it on a regular basis and, and that we should expect that level of communication from God to us, I think is also wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But No, I'm with you. It, it seems like we just need to be careful of saying things like, um, what are the universal parts of the story? Hope, belief, yeah. like those are things that What is that the authoritative trans- message? Yeah, it, that, it is not... That you that, can expect Gabriel to show up. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> because we see the, the, the actions in Mary's life and the actions in Zechariah's life. I brought that up. on The, the, the belief was the issue. Hope in what God can do is the issue, not the angels. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, right, if you're examining both Old and New Testaments, like, that's not God's only way of how he communicates with people is by sending an angel. And no. In fact, no. that's probably yeah. his... At least in the scriptures, that's not as common as just... I mean, he uses a donkey. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Now, I we, feel like... We shouldn't, pl- we shouldn't plan on that, probably. Right. No, not that. <laughs> when I was growing up, I feel like just about everybody I knew had some crazy story about, like, I fell into the road and something pulled me out. And then I turned around and there was nothing there. It must have been an angel. What do you say to that? There's, that's a, there's great. a lot of uh-huh. that. Stop falling in the road. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe your angel is worn out. Maybe turn your head quicker to see if there's right. a person. See it, there. Like, look before you cross the street. But I feel like so many people had stories of this. Like, this was crazy. This thing happened. And then there was nobody there. I did a Bible gateway search, right? Mm-hmm. I like Bible gateway. You go and you type in angel. It's stunning how many times it comes up in the text. I mean, lots of angel, angelic appearances. We're told to that angels are still ministering spirits, caring for humanity. Yeah. What passage is that? Hebrews 1, verse 14. So um, we're also warned about um, false angels and deceiving angels. And so we're not to go looking for angels, but they're, they're clearly active in God's redemptive work, caring for God's people and... Um, so I have no problem with it. I just, I think there, it can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some people put a, a, yeah. a lot into seeing angels, explaining mm-hmm. things that are happening in their life because of an angel mm-hmm. that, that was seen or unseen or, um, yeah, the, the, um, basing our faith on angels and them working on our behalf seems to be a dangerous place mm-hmm. to go. I think it's also important. We've talked about this a couple times before is like putting angels in their place in terms of kind of God's economy. Like oftentimes we, we've talked about this before and people say like when somebody dies, they become an angel. Right. No, that doesn't happen. You know, um, the whole, 
Yeah. Every I mean, time I, a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Right. Like that kind of <laughs> it's a thinking. Great movie though. <laughs> I still have never seen it. I need oh, to see dear. it. That kind of thinking theology. Um, you know, angels are like Kelly. You just said it. Angels are there to to help work on behalf of yeah. God's children, yeah. humanity. Right. Those who you know um, are God's children. Angels are not God's children. We are. We are in a in a in, a, in God's economy above the angels eventually when we're glorified, mm. you know? Yeah. And so it, it can be, um, it can be helpful to remember like where, where we fit, where angels fit in, yeah. in the whole, the whole story. So. That's, that's right. A lot of people do say like, mm-hmm. oh man, so-and-so they made it through the surgery must've had a guardian angel, yeah. yeah. you know? And I don't know that. It, and I have a lot of friends that say that and that post things like that. And, I wouldn't say that in all of those uh, examples that it's implicit that there's glory to God. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if there's not, then you're just, you're missing out. You're mm-hmm. missing the point of of going to the supernatural about it. Like, yeah. and saying there must have been, instead it's, man, praise God. God, mm-hmm. God brought so-and-so through this surgery. Perhaps he provided an angel, perhaps mm-hmm. whatever. But sometimes it feels like it stops with the angel, right. you know, yeah. with the guardian angel thing. I think so. That comes from you know. There's a key. There's a few spots in Scripture where, you know, ver, what is it? Psalm 91. He will command his angels concerning you, yep. give you charge to guard you in all your ways. So the idea of angels guarding us is a real yeah. thing and a real concept. Um, how much we put into that? How much we is, is how much of that is central to our our uh, faith experience? That that's our. I feel like it gets. Things can get messy right. quickly. But. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the last question. This was a, is, is an interesting and very specific question. Uh, so did Jesus have any of Mary's DNA? How did this work? Did the Holy Spirit fertilize one of Mary's eggs, or did the Holy Spirit implant Mary with a divine embryo? Fascinating. Oh, Isn't goodness. <laughs> I'm going to answer this. I'm going to answer this as a scientist. No. So, and that's there my, is absolutely no scientific way I to know. answer this right. question. So I did some reading on this question, and uh-huh. there are just mind-numbing articles really? on how the science requires that God act a particular way what? in his divinely implanting Jesus in Mary's womb, which is nuts, right? I mean, the minute Mm -hmm. you say God, then he's not bound by science. So my point, one article actually went into the fact that genetically women carry what are called mitochondria in their egg that determine blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're a Jedi? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what it sounded like. Like the three of us got it. Kelly has no idea what it is. Oh, young pad one. <laughs> I, I, my point is, if we're going to answer this, we, we need to do our best to answer it from a biblical framework because God's not bound by science. So the minute we start saying it had to be X or Y, no chromosomal pun intended there, because... That's how God designed science. The fact that God became human is outside the bounds of science. All right. That's my only caveat. Thank you. Yeah. I, I've done a little bit of, I've done a little bit of reading or, um, I tried to make, bring this up a little bit on Sunday of like people that try to dismiss the virgin 
birth, have you guys got, faced much oh, of that? Oh, yeah. That like, oh, yeah, I can totally believe in the whole story, but I just don't believe that that's how. Yeah. Raised from the dead, yes. Like, Virgin I, birth, no. I no, believe yeah. he, yeah. I believe he, he may have been, you know, close to God, a prophet of God, a, you know, maybe they wouldn't go as far as to say a son, um, but special, called out by God. But the whole virgin birth thing is a bunch of garbage. We should throw that to the side. So, um, and and this kind of line of thinking, you know, like how do we biologically, scientifically explain that it's possible? I don't think serves us well <laughs> to try to convince people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know, like no, no, no. It's it's possible. I mean, God could have like <laughs> manipulated. You know, it's like you know, a woman could become pregnant on her own. Like totally, if you just. It's like, no, just don't go there. It sounds like it's a conversation the, had under the influence. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, you know, the, like, it's the power of God through the creative work of the Holy Spirit. And that this in, in what happened in Mary is completely unique, but God doing similar type things, miraculous, supernatural, creative things. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what controlling nature, controlling creation, controlling the sun. I mean, this is the these are things that all throughout the biblical narrative, God does has done has done and will continue to do miraculous supernatural mm-hmm. things the the largest one being in our own individual lives the saving of ours of us from the weight of sin i mean so um we shouldn't be afraid to say yeah it's totally unexplainable and yeah it really happened god did it like <laughs> mm-hmm. We shouldn't yeah. be ashamed of it. Yeah. I mean, that was a big takeaway from your sermon. It's like, we, we believe pretty crazy things. Yeah, this is what we do. But in a sense, it is crazy the way that we would relate to someone who is all-powerful and create can create out of nothing. And, right. You know, like, it, it is crazy. Like, I'm glad I can't fully understand it. And it, I can explain a lot of it. But right. And I'm not saying that God doesn't, that it isn't miraculous when God uses things like the scientific processes that we know and understand in, in this world, that's in many ways, that's just as powerful that God over however many years or time or whatever was creative in a, in a way that we can see and understand through science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that they're uh, you and I, Matt, I've talked about this a couple of times, like, like that they're at odds with each other. No. Like there's science and there's God and they don't ever cross paths and they don't ever work together. And the, nothing could be further from the truth. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when you read like articles that um, of like, you know, molecular biologists and stuff like that who are believers who are and they see they, they're just living in that science world every day, but they see God's fingerprints in it. Yeah. And then you have other people who do the exact same thing they do you know, eight, 10 hours a day, punch in, punch out, and they, they don't see God in it at all. Yeah. You know, yep. but both equally credible in their field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I, th- we can't uh, speak to the science. We can speak to what scripture speaks to, and it, it describes Mary as Jesus's mother. And there's a biological emphasis there. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not he shared DNA with her or are they just shared blood, I don't know. Um, I can also say that Jewish lineage uh, traced um, bloodlines through the mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were Jewish if your mom was Jewish, um, which is, you know, no small matter. And Joseph was uh, Jewish as well. So 
I, I just point out that it, it seems significant that I, I would have no problem with someone saying that Jesus shared Mary's DNA and yeah, yeah. or that yeah, or if he, they said he, he just shared his blood. Did yeah. he look like Mary? Sure. Okay. Great. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> but what we can say is that he was not sinful. Yes. Right. So right. he did not inherit any of Adam's sinfulness right. through Mary. Right. And then there would be a point of disagreement maybe with uh, some other Christians of, of other um, lines of thought that was Mary sin, sinful or not. Right. right. So when Catholics talk about the Immaculate Conception, they're actually talking about Mary, not Jesus. That right. she was conceived without sin such that she huh. couldn't pass sin to Jesus. Right. Yeah, I was... There was an early point, Matt, I told you that there was an early point in my in the sermon preparation where I did a kind of a teaching on on Mary, <laughs> like putting Mary in her place, sort of a, mm -hmm. a <laughs> and, I, and I stayed away from it just because it just didn't yeah. fit with yeah. everything. And it was it's not really the point of the story it wasn't authoritative. But, you know, there's um, there's prayers to Mary, which are completely and totally unnecessary. There's no reason. Mm -hmm. No, nothing in scripture that tells us to pray to, to, to Mary mm -hmm. for any reason. Um, she's not full of grace. God is full <laughs> of grace. Um, you know, there's not, there's nothing, uh, unique and different about Mary before the angel came to her nor after mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes her, um, standing in, um, in the world, any, any, any different. And it sounds hard, harsh kind of to say that because she was the lowly person chosen to deliver, um, the son of God into the she world. She was so special she, in the role. She's very, but, but, but not her, special as a person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we just, we need to be, you know, careful with what we think about Mary, because there is a, a large portion of our community you know, yeah. that, um, so has a different view yeah, of, touchy, yeah. uh, of mm -hmm. Mary. And, and so talking about Mary and thinking about Mary is, it, yeah. it can be a sticky. I mean, that's human nature, isn't it? Like when someone does something really special, we want to elevate them mm -hmm. as people. We do it all the time with just mm -hmm. regular stuff. Like we, somebody does something exceptional and we put them up on this pedestal and we almost worship them in a sense. And we, we want to think that there is something inherently unique about them yep. that that makes them able to do this thing that I can't do and mm -hmm. and we almost deify him in a sense and it's just you know like I feel like that's the same kind of story along the lines with Israel wanting a, a king a real physical king they weren't good they didn't feel good enough with just with just God they wanted mm -hmm. you know I don't know I, I see it as a continuation of that in a mm -hmm. sense I don't know if that's makes sense but yeah Anything else on Mary? Nope. No, sir. Ultimate Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> so midichlorians, Kelly, are the things that... Heisey <laughs> 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 would be able to tell you the exact count necessary to be a, a Jedi. <laughs> I'll pray for him. <laughs> one, time, one time, I this was years ago, and I was preaching at a, um, a ch church service, and and I, it somehow it came to me because I think some of the 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 prequel Star Wars movies came out, mm -hmm. and it was like all the hype and everything. And I was talk, te te teaching on the Holy Spirit, and I said something about, you know, this isn't the Force. We're not taught, you know, like it just came out that way. And then I tried to like 
I was like trying to d- describe the force versus the Holy Spirit. And it got like a little bit like, okay, get out of this, you know, and keep going. And afterwards I had these like flock of like Jedi Star Wars nerds who are like, that's not what the force is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, care about your biblical reference, like, but you I, got guys, the force I was like, guys, I know I just I botched it. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. But it was like this they wanted to like correct me on oh, where the hurts. force came from that and hurts. what its influence is. Oh. I'm like, this is pretend. It's <laughs> 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 not real. Okay, okay, before we go, quick question. Have any of you tried to use the force. <laughs> Come on, in no. your life, be honest. Have you ever just reached out and tried to make something move? That's all the questions we <laughs> have no, for you but, today. But <laughs> some of the funniest little like YouTube clips and stuff like that are parents when they play tricks on their kids. <laughs> like, have you seen the channel changer? Channel changer uh, or the remote awesome. on the fireplace awesome. where the kid like puts his hands out to start the fire and the dad's on the couch with the fire remote and it clicks yes. it on. The kid's like, what? I've got the power. Or that Volkswagen commercial where the car starts. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, it's funny. All right, well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, Jedis, for tuning in to the next level. Prophecy.